One of the ways that people attempt to achieve rapport is that when they sit down in someone's office, they begin small talk by trying to find points of commonality. So they look around the room, they look around the person's office, they notice that they have a picture of a boat, and what they say is, hey, you know what? I, I, I got a boat. You know, matter of fact, I went boating this weekend. And they go on some long dissertation about themselves when what they're really trying to do is to create a sense of commonality. The danger here is that it is much more powerful to be interested in the other person than to try and be interesting. It is much more important to be interested than it is to be interesting. And most people, by dint of a lack of training, their fallback is to try and be interesting. And it is not the best hand to play. As you and the advisor sit down in every interaction, every conversation, whether it be for a brief period of time or for a long period of time, what begins is small talk. It could be about the weather, it could be about travel, it could be about the markets, it could be about kids, but it represents small talk, right? We've not yet gotten to the business of the meeting. Now, during small talk, besides talking about the weather and travel, there is an incredible opportunity that is critical to the communication process. I am referring specifically to being able to elicit a person's decision-making strategy so that you understand how best to communicate with them and how you should direct your own presentation. What do I mean by decision-making strategy? Specifically, what I'm referring to is the fact that you don't make decisions differently every time you make a decision. If that was the case, we would all still be in diapers. The mind is highly economical. Early on in life, what happens is you develop a strategy for how to make all decisions. And now you process your entire life through that strategy, which is currently invisible to you. However, that strategy can be easily read because that strategy is embedded in a person's language. By asking the advisor questions in the small talk phase like, you know, I'm just curious, how did you decide to annuitize your business? Or, you know, how did you choose to take on more alternative investing in your portfolio mix? It doesn't matter what it is. You could be asking them how they chose their kid's school, how they chose their car, how they chose, you know, their house. It doesn't matter. When the person begins to speak, certain markers will begin to emerge. The key ones that I want you listening for are the ones that I will cover here in this training. So one, you'll be listening for the person's motivational strategy. Are they motivated more by moving towards or are they motivated more by moving away from? Meaning are they motivated more by moving towards solutions or are they more motivated by moving away from problems? If you were to say to me, Serrano, how did you first get started in the business? I would probably begin by saying, you know, I grew up in a very poor neighborhood. If someone says that, that individual is someone who's moving away from, moving away from problems. If you were to ask someone else, hey, how did you first get started in the business? That advisor might say to you, well, you know, a friend of mine, his dad was in the business and he was incredibly successful. And that example, the person is moving towards. You should always be able to tell which direction 
is primary for the person because that's going to determine how you present your recommendation or your suggested action. You should also be listening for their reference point. All decisions have a reference point, and there are only two possible reference points internal and external. Now, if a person's reference point is internal, they will say things like, you know, I decided, you know, I chose, you know, I was thinking, you know, I, I, I said to myself, the main thing is that the reference point is internal. It is self-referential. Other people actually say things like, you know, this person told me, you know, I saw this friend of mine, they were driving this great car, you know, I heard, you know, I read. Basically, this individual is collecting evidence, opinion, advice, information, data. But in all cases, essentially, the reference point is external to themselves. You'll also notice when you ask, how did you decide that or how did you choose that? That people sort the world into one of five categories. They either sort the world by people, place, thing, activity, or information. People, place, thing, activity, or information. You say to five friends of yours, hey, you know what? Let's all go to Rome. Wouldn't that be fun? Let's go to Rome. And everybody says, yeah, yeah, let's go to Rome. That'd be great, right? But they're saying yes for five entirely different reasons, even though they don't know it. One person who's sourced by people is thinking, you know, I can't wait to go there and meet all those amazing, interesting people. The people who sort by place are thinking, you know, I can't wait to get there. You know, what an amazing place. Rome, right? The people who sort by thing are thinking, you know, if I go there, I'll be able to get fitted for some Italian suits. I'll be able to buy some of the things that I want. The people who sort by activity are thinking, I love traveling. All the hustle and bustle and going to and fro. And then the people who sort by information will say things like, wow, in their minds, I really can't wait to get there to study the architecture, the history. Let me give you an example of this. Have you ever had a teacher who was brilliant when it came to their subject, but quite frankly, clearly didn't care or didn't seem to care whether or not you got the subject, whether or not you got the material? That's an individual who's sourced primarily by information and who does not have a secondary sort of people. This would be fine if a person was a portfolio manager. That doesn't work very well for someone who's selling to advisors or for advisors themselves. All too often, you'll find individuals will tend to sell people based on their primary filter. If they sort by information, what they think is if they can just bludgeon you to death with enough facts, enough data, enough graphs, that you should see their point of view. Others will go into long, drawn-out stories about the incredible minds and people involved. And the money manager used to be a rocket scientist. And, and, and at the end of the day, what that's really about is the fact that they sort primarily by people. The bottom line is currently your tendency will be to sell people based on your decision-making strategy. Since prior to this training, you may not have been able to know how to discern theirs. This means that you were maximally effective with those advisors whose strategies are most similar to yours, and you would have some difficulty with those advisors whose strategies are very different from yours.
In this training, what we're looking for is how to reduce risk and how to increase certainty through the art of communication skills and mental focus. Let's take on another factor. Often at the end of any sort of recommendation to an advisor, there's a point at which you need to check in with them, and you might find yourself saying things like, after you make the recommendation, well, how does that sound? Well, let me ask, how does that look to you? Well, let me ask you, how do you feel about that? Once again, unfortunately, the word choice will typically be based on your primary perceptual filter, not theirs. What I'm saying specifically is that individuals all have a primary perceptual filter, and it leads to the use of words that are either primarily visual, auditory, or physical. As you're listening to this person answer the question, well, how did you decide that? You know, how did you choose that? You might find them using language that is clearly visual. Words like, you know, I could see, I saw, you know, it appeared, it was clear to me, I observed, I could envision it, I could visualize it, I could picture it. These are all highly visual words. They might use words that are more auditory. You know, it sounded right. You know, I, I, heard, I heard from many people, you know, someone told me, you know, it really resonated with me. They might use words that are more physical. You know, I could understand it. I could grasp it. I could get a grip on it. It, it felt right. You know, look, it just seemed like the right fit to me. All of these are words that are physical. Knowing a person's preference should determine at the end of your recommendation if you would choose to say, how does that look? How does that sound? Or how does that feel? As you begin to pay attention to your attention, you will observe more, which will require greater levels of presence and create at the same time greater levels of mental acuity. You will find that this data will not need to be, in many cases, looked for by you. If you listen to this training repeatedly, the data of a person's decision making strategy will simply emerge as they're speaking. It does require some time of conscious practice. And in the work that we do, we acknowledge that there are three fundamental factors that would allow someone to be great at anything. And those three factors are training, practice, and coaching. Training, practice, and coaching. Any of you who have played sports, you understand this at a very deep level. Clearly, what you're listening to right now is a training. Clearly, what I want you to do as you go out into the world is to observe, but that's not the same as really practicing. However, it will begin to alter your level of expertise. And ideally, if you were practicing, I would then be able to coach you. But it all begins with the training.